0: you be now there, like all I Josie Wales. Spinning the bag, on not tough as nails. Everybody else, fight with the law. You better run. The cops get caught for showing now, all our China kills. ain't talk shit, you're gonna
1: Welcome, everyone, back to the Tailgate Country Podcast. We're going to be joined by another really cool guest. We're excited to have him on. His name is Mikel Buck. You might know him as the Mikel Buck Band. Uh, he's got a bunch of great songs out that I'm pretty sure we talked about on this podcast before. Um, he's a cool dude. We I mean, we didn't even really need to ask him questions, direct conversation, nothing.
2: Yeah, it was a great conversation from him. Yep.
1: Yeah, he's got a lot of really good insight. Um, really excited for everybody to hear that. But before we get to that, Hunter... You've got something.
2: Yeah, we've uh, teamed up with our friends over at Southern Creek Clothing again for this episode. Um, as always, they're a great outdoor apparel company founded in 2019. Um, they pride themselves on quality apparel and great customer service. And they're offering a special discount to all of our listeners with the code TG Country and uh, hit your caps lock before you type that in for 20% off.
1: Yes, TG Country no space all caps 20 percent off sounds like a pretty good deal to me pretty good clothes over there um we have some we wear them we have some pictures in them really good quality stuff yep. so right. yep go check out southern creek clothing you can find them at southern on social media at southern creek clothing pretty much anywhere you find anything these days um and and one more time what's the code for that hunter tg country all capitals tg country okay well let's dive on into it here is Mikkel buck like to welcome on a special guest. He is a West Virginia native, current North Carolina resident. His name is Mikkel Buck and he's joining us today. Mikkel, how are you doing?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, we usually just
2: um, start out by having you having you tell us your story um, and any early uh, influences.
0: Well, I'm from West Virginia, so you know kentucky and west virginia big bluegrass states bluegrass gospel and my mom's family they all played so in uh growing up my mom's grandfather my great-great-grandfather lived in a little town called Clenden in west virginia up in the middle of nowhere in a old rundown house and had a kind of a not a wraparound porch but like an l-shaped porch and kids would play in the yard and everybody picked bluegrass and sing harmony all sisters and cousins and uh everybody played everything from fiddle to mandolin to guitar and I, I guess i always knew two three chords on guitar from that and uh you know dove into rock music when i was uh you know later years in high school I got my first drum set when i was seven seventh grade started playing drums and i was kind of a kind of a shy kid so i didn't uh didn't really want to sing in front of people and uh end up always probably being a better vocalist than all the bands i was in which is not saying a whole lot of nothing <laughs> and uh, uh i've always wrote songs i kind of kept it to myself because it wasn't a thing like you know most people did when your kids is you know write songs So i'd write little tunes or poems on notepads and hide them away in my drawer so that's i can always remember making up songs and singing my own stuff and uh and then around nineteen kind of figured I'd everybody singing karaoke in bars and stuff and I didn't really like singing karaoke. But uh it's like well I'm gonna buy a guitar and actually try to learn to play it. And so I think I bought a cheap Washburn guitar around eighteen nineteen. I was working the coal boats out of West Virginia. So I had a little bit of money saved on a paycheck and bought a guitar start going in and one guy would let me plug in his PA system during karaoke night over in a bar in uh, Ripley and started hanging around other musicians and stuff. And it kind of went from there, kind of just picked up from there, started a band when I moved to North Carolina and, uh, you know, that, that last about a minute until I realized that I didn't want to play covers and, 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 I wanted to kind of do something different than playing Leonard Skinner and what was popular at the time, the bar standards and everything like that. So I started falling in love with the guys from Texas, Robert O'Keefe and uh, you know Jerry uh, Jerry Jeff and Rip. By the way, Didn't he passed today. Yeah, he did. Jerry, Jerry, yeah. Jerry Jeff. Jerry yeah. Jeff and uh, and uh, sorry, I've been in his tree stand all day, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was another great died today too billy um, billy joe, billy joe um, shaffer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Man, i've been to georgia on a fast train honey yeah yeah uh they yeah, actually played that song in the really? bars back yeah so i started listening to that old texas stuff uh and uh it was coincident that my writing was kind of that red dirt style to start with you know what i mean just writing kind of poetic country boy shit and uh not, not uh, diving into jacked up trucks and because I never had any money to do none of that shit. So you know, <laughs> uh, we wrote farm use on the side of shit. You know, so we could drive it around after it rusted away. And uh, so started playing in bars and losing more crowd than we'd pull because I wouldn't play popular music and uh, just. But you you gain pieces of fans here and here and here and years later after I gave it up for about two years and decided to quit I joined a, a buddy of mine started to uh, drag me out of retirement and that uh, actually went back to school when I was in my, when I was 30 and I was like well hell that's a way to make extra money cuz getting laid off every couple months from welding and I went back and got my degree and I never went back to work after we just started picking up fans and it. uh, in North Carolina, kind of hard. You got to be a cover band to pay the bills. So we were dabbling and we had to go back to dabbling in that. But it seemed like the originals was taking off a lot better than they did in the past. Just people didn't get it back in the day, man. I'd rather, you know, they wanted to hear, you know, that what was number one on the radio instead of an old Steve Earl song or a Pat Green song or stuff that I, that I would cover that I liked. And, uh, yeah, man. And, uh, now we're still struggling but we get to play our own music a lot more <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so, so, uh and uh you know the album's over a million stream well it's been over a million streams the the latest ep has been over a million streams for a while you know it's all organic i've not been playlisted very much if i have it's been small playlist uh so it's all organic just by show after show after show been on the road you know. Uh, going to two or three vans and you know uh doing it the the old-fashioned way now everybody's getting signed off tiktok so
1: (laughs) Mm, we were just talking about that right before we hopped on here actually i can't say much man uh that
0: you know what it's uh i can't say that a good friend of mine priscilla block just went number one across all genres because of tiktok you know um and she's actually come out to North Carolina and you I know, met her in West Virginia doing a show. And, uh, I was doing a show with Dylan Carmichael. And they had several opening openings and she came along with a uh, guy, I think his name is Dustin Herring. I don't, I don't, I think that's his name. Uh, she was friends with him. He was on the bill, brought her along and man, I thought she was really good. And then some years later, she got TikTok famous and went number one across all genres and just signed with Mercury. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a weird world, man. It's, uh, you can pay dues and go broke, or you can drop your ass to WAP and maybe make a million followers. (laughs) I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the formula, man. I I don't, you know, I don't, I I just like playing live music. And, uh, so I've kind of, uh, you know, shout out to Texas. Those guys keep me paid in streams down there. I mean, that's where a lot of my, streaming base comes from is out of Houston and Dallas, Fort Worth area and uh so but I mean that's accounts for more than half my stuff and I've only played Texas one time. Yeah. You know, so i opened at? up uh we played a, a thing for cannon Recovery. It's a veterans thing down uh I think it's Montgomery County, it's just outside of Houston. We did that out to about three, four weeks well, about two months ago now. You know, and uh you know did a show with a guy named jody booth who's an incredible guy and of course i'll be going back down there i think we've got something planned for new year's with dave finley and uh, and down in new Brunswick and uh after when after this shit's over with that's the avenue we're gonna push i've been doing a ton of writing in nashville with uh we just uh, got some uh pub publishers and stuff that uh god has helped manage me hook me up through and I just wrote uh, with Jeffrey Steele and Bob DiPiro, both Hall of Fame songwriters. Got in room with them. I just wrote with uh, Ryan Beavers, Matt McGinn. Uh, both of them are smash songwriters. Uh, uh, Jeremy Spielman wrote with him. So I've been some big writing rooms, and uh, you know, pub deals been offered, but you know, just weren't right for who we wanted to run get my feet right with people man i've you know never covered a couple songs before this and now i'm down in those big rooms so it's uh it's been a pretty good 2020 and making the best out of a bad situation because shows are shit right now so yeah
2: would Uh, would you say your your sound is definitely more texas red dirt has any of um growing up in west virginia did that has that influenced that at all or well you know you
0: got guys like sturgill and and sturgill and, and tyler childers and and Chris Stapleton, you know, I, right here in you know, we're close to Kentucky border, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, like Tyler's got a song called Charleston Girl. He used to play in Huntington, Charleston a lot. So that Appalachian sound and that it you know, red Dirt, it just to me it just means uh well, I mean, it's broadened out with guys like Ragweed and, and Co and and you know, certain people that Yeah hit on the rock side of the red dirt but you know most of the people like randy rogers and and cody johnson it's, it's just country music man it's just country ass music and that's my hashtag that i use every time because somebody interviewed me and said we can't really say what you're and it was you know it was kind of a mainstream country thing after i did the voice and they're asked, how do you describe your sound i was like well that's just what you call country ass music <laughs> it's about it's about real shit not pandering to anybody and and you know uh, you know, I like I said, I'm i right with a lot of guys. who's wrote a lot of those hit songs, and they're very talented guys. And you know, I just wrote with Mike Walker, and uh, uh, man, he's he's wrote some some smashes for people. And you know, we give each other shit, uh, even though it's a new relationship. Kind of, we wrote some. We wrote two badass country songs, even though he's wrote with guys like you know, at, you know, Florida Georgia Line and stuff like that. And, you know, not. I don't. I, I don't try to knock those guys. Although I did just write kind of one that smacks them in the face a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you're gonna put out an album saying "Don't say we ain't country," you gotta, you know, you gotta expect to get poked a little bit. If you, <laughs> and, I'm no, and I'm nobody. I mean, they make way more money and got more fans than I do, so it ain't gonna hurt your feelings too bad. So.
1: But uh, we, we, we poked them plenty. Yeah, we yeah. poked them plenty yeah. on this podcast, especially yeah, the, when they released the, that album. I wrote
0: this. I pitched it to everybody down there. I was in these rock rooms, and I pitched it, and everybody didn't want to touch it because I had this killer line. And uh, it's it's mainly talking about bashing Nashville a little bit, you know, and which I don't mind doing because they, they need a smack in the face a little bit. But the the main line is it says, I'm not trying to mind your business, but you're damn sure minding mine. i like to kick your ass right back across that Florida-Georgia line. <laughs> that's good. And I was like, that that's got to be that. written. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be. So me and uh, me and uh, my buddy Dave, he was uh, my buddy Dave Finley, who's from Texas. We wrote that uh, to uh, about a month and a half ago, and then we just me and him just wrote two more. We wrote one with Josh Dore, and we just wrote. I've been writing with a girl from West Virginia named Sarah Allison Turner, who's amazing, amazing. Uh, very country sound, very small town sound and uh we've been writing some we've wrote together three times each each song has been been just as good as the next um and their country you know country songs and uh so you know getting down there and getting to do that is broadened my horizons and it's opened some doors for me and and uh hopefully hopefully 2021 will be a lot better year and get us on the road and put out a new ep and uh which we, you know if anything comes out of this it, it you know, I'm going to have a badass album because I've got some extremely good writers on it. And like I said, it's a new venture for me because I've always just wrote myself. Every once in a while, I'd dabble with somebody else that, that that I'd bring them in and and uh, we throw down on a song. I think I maybe co-wrote three songs before that in all my years of writing songs. It's just something I did by myself. It's just something I didn't... <clears throat> didn't think about writing with other people now it's kind of broadened my horizons it's good to get in a room because you might just be dead dead to the door and somebody say a line and you'll spit something out that's just amazing so it's been real fun for me to do that and uh and writing with guys that you know i think i'm a breath breath of fresh air for a lot of those guys because they you know they're in their mind to write what's what's going to sell what's going to hit and and i don't give a shit what's going to go on the radio i just never have you know, it'll come back around. You know, Cody got one of the biggest deals in Nashville through Warner because he didn't need them, you know, and those Texas guys like Pat Green and all that, I mean, you know, I've opened for Reckless. I just did a show with Parker last year. Um, it's a different animal, man. It's so much more fun. I've opened up for tons of national acts, and, man, the attitudes of guys, of, of the guys out of Texas, they're just down to earth, ready to help you out, even though they're – huge stars in their own right they're just it's just different i mean you open up for a nashville person some of them they don't even act like you're around you know what i mean and then you open up for texas guys man and they're like nah share our drum kit do this you know just it's just it's just a different it's my kind of thing my, it's the way musicians should be with each other, friendships and, and supporting each other and stuff like that. And there's a lot of guys in Carolina trying to do it. And a lot, you know, I know some artists up here in West Virginia. We all try to help each other out. It's not enough for kicking out mainstream shit. So,
1: Yeah, you mentioned that the Texas guys are super famous in their own right, and I didn't really understand that until I moved here. Like – I've never heard of Co Wetzel, and I came down here, and people are like, "You've never heard of Co? What? Like, what's wrong with you?"
0: Nobody did until about two years. Following, yeah, he's got this huge following. It's out of the blue, man. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure he's paid dues and beat down the honky tonks and that, but you know, he's one of the guys that happened fast for, regardless of, you know, five years is fast in this business. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't look it, but I'm 41 years old. You know, and uh, and you know. As long as I keep selling out to sorority chicks and frat boys everywhere <laughs> and stuff like that. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. But uh <clears throat> you know, and I, I didn't when I was in my twenties, man, I couldn't draw a crowd of tw- twenty year olds. Now I'm older and now that's all I draw. <laughs> it's it's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh you get look on your look on your people who play your songs online. Most of them are between the ages of twenty one and twenty eight. Is my biggest fan base and you know, when I was twenty I couldn't beg people to come out and see me you know, they just, didn't. it was just was not time that people didn't get it, you know, uh, especially in a state, Texas is more open to, uh, like I said, just some original. as long as it's good, bring it, as long as it's good, you know what I mean? And, uh, man, I've done shows of reckless. They're one of my biggest influences out of Texas is reckless. And of course, Randy Rogers band, I've opened up for him for, it has been years ago that I did that. Uh, and I just, I'd rather do it the way those guys do it. Just, it's about the live shows. It's about the songs on the album. You know, they'd, they'd probably still be doing it if they were, if they were not making any money at it. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, I think when you go down to Nashville and, you know, my guy helped me out. He says, I kind of need to watch my tone about how I say stuff down there. Cause you know, you are with the right people, but it just seems like when you're rolling in Nashville it's a lot of kids going to Nashville because they they love playing music, they love writing songs, they love the whole aspect of it. But I think they love the idea of being famous more than they do the art, and you can smell it in the air. And they're gonna they're gonna be a chameleon. They're gonna turn to whatever's happening, whatever's doing, whatever's doing this to try to get on top. And then, and then, boom! You understand? Like an artist, like Eric Church comes along. Well, Eric Church is just Eric fucking Church. He's like Eric Church because he stayed Eric Church. Tyler Childers stayed Tyler Childers. Cody Johnson stayed Tony. And those are the ones that make a difference. And, and you know, I, I told myself a long time ago, regardless of uh, whether I make it famous, famous, you know, I'm, I play music for a living and write songs for a living. And, and it, you know, I'm making a living, you know, I'm not starving. I'm, uh, you know, house payment, truck payments on time, you know. So in my eyes, I admit, you know, I mean, as long as people keep showing up bars and paying my rent, you know what I mean? It's, it's all I've ever thought about. I never thought I could even make a living doing it, you know what I mean? So I've been happy with doing that. The rest is just, you know, icing on the cake if it happens, and, or, you know, whatever your definition of fame is, you know. So, And that's why, you know, Texas has always been like that. It's just always been about the shows, the good times, bringing people out to a club. Ain't got to be a stadium. Ain't got to be, you know – selling out football stadiums it's just honky-tonk bars packed full of people who want to hear your music and that's all i've ever wanted to do yeah so, i mean yeah. we we went to
1: uh josh abbott with riley green and uh grant gilbert opened up for all of them and it was like this quaint little it's called river road ice house down in braunfuls you yeah. know just a small place and there was probably 100 did to say like 200 500 yeah, people probably. there maybe yeah, yeah something it was, like it was like one of the coolest concerts we ever been to Yeah. see dave
0: i just mentioned to dave finley he wrote the song josh abbott song uh born to break your heart Mm -hmm. as dave finley's buddy of mine i mean we we met through nbc's the voice when i did that shit show and uh but uh, you know it i I will make it clear i didn't stand in line to try to do it they email you and ask you if you want to and i mulled around forever because i've never even watched the show and uh it clips of it on Facebook or whatever like that. And honestly, man, never thought I was not into myself that much to think I'm a great singer. You know, uh, somebody like a Mark Broussard or Chris Stapleton are people who I think are great singers. You know what I mean? But, you know, uh, just it was an opportunity. I figured why not gain some fans? And I, I did it exactly how I was supposed to I had a live album out. You know, we were, I'd been writing for trying to get a good producer to produce it. And, you know, everybody's like, well, I can do it to this studio. And I'd go do it and never would release it because it, to me, it just sounded like doo doo. And just couldn't, you know, good producers hard to find. He's going to be busy. And, uh, so through the voice, met all the people that was on there, a lot of Texas guys, uh, Joey Green, Dave Finley, uh, and then met a guy named, uh, eric torres through another buddy of mine that was on a voice and he's produced he actually worked with jamie johnson he's and he i produced uh it's kind of pop country but that jimmy allen he's produced mm-hmm. his record and listen to my live album. am so dude i love what you do i'd love to work with you same about 10 songs we picked through them and we went to zach brown studio and, and dropped that ep and know, songs like with me with me now almost didn't make the ep and i demand i was like that song's the best song on this they're like I don't know. i was like trust me that song right there is badass and yeah. uh and i had to fight kind of to get it on there and for until in came you came out that was the number one string track um mm-hmm. uh, but uh went in there did it he's like how you want to do this i was like no drum machines you know i want to get the band in the studio it, i didn't use my band of course because it's just guys down there studio musicians studios just a different animal you know a lot of guys a lot of guys on my album are the same ones on cody johnson's album it's a lot of same pickers and stuff um, really yeah yeah uh you know all them guys you know there's guys in nashville to just do studio shit in nashville they're the best yeah. at you know what i mean And you can describe what kind of sound you want you know i literally when i was talking to the guitar player he's like how do you want the sound i was like like you're downshifting a truck you know that's how i want it to sound you got your speakers cranked up playing poison or something, and you're gunning. It. That's just a guitar sound I want. And that's how he, he hit that. You know, and I was like, that's it. That's it. Just like you're make it take off, hit another gear, you know. So you describe what you want to them, man. And those guys are professional enough, they just do it. And, you know, we went in there and uh, knocked it out. And I wish I could have put 15 songs on it, but, you know, paying for an album yourself is, <laughs> you know, you're looking at, for an EP is around, you know, anywhere from 12 to 20 grand to do it right. And, uh, that's not easily come by, you know, just out of yeah. your, your pocket, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I've always been too proud to do those GoFundMe things. And, and so just play shows, say play shows, saved and do an album and I'm doing the same thing for this one. Of course, you know, the streams and stuff are helping me out, but I could record another single, uh, so we released in Came you That's not my song. That's um uh some buddies of mine wrote it. And uh Tyler Hatley, um, some good friend of mine. He uh he recorded it first. He, he didn't write it either. got him Greg Payne and two of my good friends, Corey Hunt Todd Allman. Corey plays in Texas a lot too. I think he was actually twenty-five on the charts at one time with was uh, his song Um Explain, and he he goes down to Texas and just beats it up man travels from North Carolina, Texas all the time. And, um, so I heard Tyler sing a song and I just fell in love with the song and I started playing it out live shows and you know, we have such big crowds. Everybody kind of thought it was my song anyway. So, uh, wasn't going to record it cause Tyler had just released it no more than six months before that. And, uh, producers like, dude, you gotta do this song. You know, I said this is, he's. I'm telling you, it's going to be the one that kind of gets you your name out there. And I said, well, so I called Todd, Corey, and kind of gave me to go-ahead cut it, so we put it out there, and, you know, it's it's done pretty good for as far as streaming and getting new fans, man. I get messages a day of things streaming. It's still growing as far as stream-wise and stuff. I mean, it's well over a million, you know, streams combined, and it's like half a million on uh, Spotify. Like I said, no playlist, no nobody backing, nobody putting it out there to, to – you know to get on any big play you know just had to worship but uh so that's you know drew some attention because getting that many you know organic streams is 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 something in itself because you know people know if it's been playlisted man you know you can go a million streams overnight yeah. and uh it's it's just hard to do it's just hard to do organically so we're getting close to half a million streams on it so that's on on just spotify so that's pretty Pretty good thing. So the producer was right; he knew it was going to be a, a big song for me. And uh, uh, and then we just dropped. I don't know if y'all heard the new one. Mama didn't listen. Oh, I've definitely. I have I have questions about that song. <laughs> I've I've
1: definitely heard that song. Oh,
0: Love dude, that song. That, song. that song was written in five minutes at my You're kitchen kidding. table. Really? No, I, I was I had the idea forever when I got married. My uh, me and my mama danced to "Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up Be Cowboys," and I jokingly said because I have about you know 12 pack of miller light in me at that point <laughs> i was like well you didn't listen to this song for shit did you Mom?" and you know because all i've ever done is drive old trucks and pick guitars so i just thought it was clever and and man i just i started right uh went to a right with a bass player and uh caleb kane and was writing with a buddy of mine named park uh, cooper greer and we struck out on a song that we, I, i've been trying to get written for a while and uh so the next night man i just when i said i smoked a joint came back in i was like well, i'm gonna write a song i don't know what's gonna be but i'm gonna write a song and started picking it and it literally took five ten minutes to write the song went in the studio to record another one we've got it recorded actually it should be <clears throat> it's ready to release we just don't know when we're gonna release it but we got another one called right through the countryside and it's kind of your laid back 90 vibe kind of song just about you know so on the tailgate drinking fishing and shit and uh we were going in the studio to record that and I asked, I thought it needed another verse and I was like, told Eric, I was like, man, help me write another verse of this song and uh, I played it for him. He was like, just sing the chorus again you, and it's done and he kind of spun his chair around. He's like, why in the fuck aren't we recording that one today? I was like, because it's not really that good of a song, dude. I said, it's just, you know, it's going to be fun to play live, you know, it's going to be kick ass the way we did it, you know, or slowed it down and then sped it up and He's like this song we're recording so it's a good song he said but there's a lot of people in nashville that would record this song he said it's a safe song nobody in nashville is going to record that or put that out and when he said that i was like all right let's get it done so we recorded it <laughs> <laughs> and uh we kind of de- debated which one to release first so i was going i was trying to release both of them at one time and uh my manager andrew cohen was like man we'll just do one at a time and he's like kind of leaning toward it mama didn't listen and uh you know, he's, he's a big Nashville guy and stuff, but he's from Texas. But he also knows the music industry in Nashville. And He's a hustler, he's a great guy, helps me out tremendously. And, and I can't thank him enough for everything he's he's got me into down in Nashville way and, and kind of expanding our horizons that way. But uh, he's like, I think we should release that one. And uh, so we released it. And the first week it was like really slow as far as streaming-wise. I was like, yeah, people just don't get it. You know, people aren't ready for that real honky-tonk sound again and then like day after day you just see, keep numbers keep rolling up on it so it's looking pretty good <laughs> and i was like we've been playing it live at what few shows we've been doing and it gets it just goes people love it it's, <laughs> it's just a fun ass honky talk song man and i didn't think nothing about it i was just like i'm gonna write another fast song just for something cool to play live you know and i, I thought that was a pretty clever idea you know mama didn't listen to waylon talk about driving trucks and picking guitars and you know, I tried to fit everything from that song in there, and there's a couple of lines from uh, from his other songs in there, too. It, it You know, it's kind of tricky to put everything from that song in there without being too cheesy. And uh, But I liked the way it turned out music-wise and, and the way it came out. And they're, you know, people hear it, they're like, especially songwriters, I was like, dude, that's genius, just that hook, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, I guess, it's, you know chalk one up the pot <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean i'll be honest with that one um when you wrote it i like double checked i'm like is this a cover like how did, how has somebody not written this hook before because yeah. it's, so, it's, it's genius i'm like I, I love this i went and like i scoured i'm like before i post this i want to make sure you know yeah. whether it's a cover or an original i i love you i just i love that song just
0: i got yeah, nothing more I, than I'm, that. I've, you know yeah i've had that idea and uh it you know you you pop one of those ideas in your head and you're like it's got to be written for it. it's got to be written for it. and and i knew it happened i knew nobody you know everybody's you know says blame it on the Waylon or the outlaws like Waylon and this 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 and that and i just when i said that to mama I, when i said it to my mom i was like in my head i was like yep you know put that one in the
1: pocket <laughs> save that
0: for for later and it's uh, you know i just wrote one with um uh, uh steve bogart he's wrote i don't know three or four or five uh george Strait hits and uh i got in a room with him and he was you know my song easy go it's got like 15 george or 13 george Strait titles in it yeah and uh as songwriters they'll come up to me like man i hate you for that song because you know <laughs> and i was like i actually co-wrote that with a buddy of mine named mike lanini and uh he was a marine he's just kind of knew it in songwriting he came over to the house and uh he had this song about half written in it. I was just listening to it. I was like, did you mean to put that many song titles? And they weren't all George Strait song titles in it. And his song was kind of all over the place. It didn't really have a North star of what, what he was trying to say. And I was like, let's just start from scratch and just do these titles and just weave some country titles together. And I was like, man, it'd be cool to just put all George Strait titles in there. Cause he had like two of them and he didn't even mean to, he just said something like carried away or something. I can't remember exactly what lines he had. So we just kind of raced the board and, went on Google and looked up all the number one hits and he's like, why well, George Strait? I said, cause he's got 60 to choose from. It's going to be a lot easier to write this fucking song. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, and that one came out good, but, and you know, it's like people credit it, as a songwriter, that's, that's the kind of stuff. Like you can look in the mirror and be like, yeah, you're a clever son of a bitch. You know what I mean? And we just uh, speaking of, you know, has a song been written for wrote one with Steve Bogard. And uh, he complimented me on easy go. And I was like, well, I should hope so. You wrote about four of those. And uh, so I was in a room with him and a guy named Driver Williams, who's Eric Church, the lead guitar player, and good writer too. They were mulling around ideas and and Driver just looks at me and he's like, man, I've got this idea. You like real country music. I've had this idea sitting on forever. He's like, whiskey may not be the answer, but it's damn sure worth a shot. And I was like, yeah, we're writing that fucking song right now. (laughs) and uh, So I was like, you know, his dad owns the pub company we were writing for. It's a Jody Williams song Jody's a sweetheart of a guy, kinda of took me in and you know, uh he, he set me up with some big rights too and kinda of noticed I was kind of this outside guy and caught his attention with my what's my song. So, you know, <clears throat> he him being he was president of BMI for a while, so getting him on my side and, and put me in these rooms. So that's taken off like I said, that's one of the big things that's happened twenty twenty and uh but uh we wrote that song, we played it for him and he's like man that's and it's it's that 90s cheese too it's got that cheese on it you know it's just mm-hmm. that 90s uh kind of uh kind of like john michael montgomery vibe that like sold to the lady in second right and it's kind of yeah. got that kind of cheesy 90s shit too which i you know back then i didn't like all those songs but now looking back i was like well it's a lot better than what's on the radio now <laughs> You know. So, <laughs> but uh yeah we wrote that whiskey may not be the answer but it's damn sure worth a shot and uh I was like man how in the hell has that not been written before i mean that's just i mean and it's every once in a while you hit one that ain't you know what i mean i guess that's kind of makes you stand out as a songwriter when you when you pop an idea that everybody's been trying to write forever you know i i do that when i listen to like john Moreland and and, and tyler childers and stuff like their way of writing those poetic songs i, I I feel every time I listen to their albums, I'm like, man, I suck. <laughs> it, they're just so poetic and so uh, so much genius comes out of them Them two guys right there. I mean, there's a ton of great songs. Randy Rogers is another one. Um, just epic songwriters, in my opinion, when it comes down to that. And I'm always comparing myself to those guys and trying to one-up, one-up myself and one-up those, you know, trying to get noticed. You want guys like that to hear your shit and be like, wow, this guy's damn good, you know. Not you know, hopefully one day I'll get there, but uh
1: well, one, yeah, Mama one of the guys
0: oh, no, I'm, sorry, Go ahead.
1: No, I'm sorry, one of the guys you mentioned, uh Parker McCollum is big on that too, and you can kinda tell when he moved to Nashville by listening to his Man, songwriting.
0: I'm gonna tell you right now, and I hope Parker's listening. Fuck Park Parker McCollum. Because you can't be that talented, that good a songwriter, that good a singer, <laughs> and that good looking. You can't have it all, buddy. And he's a fucking super nice He was he was super nice to me, you know what I mean, and uh this show with him and got to pick his brain a little bit he kid's like what 28 you know yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like and you know and he's super cool i was like man you suck you have everything, <laughs> like, you know like it, no i that's he's one of my favorite man i'm man crush on that dude all the time it's like jesus christ you've got just some of the best fucking lyrics that i've heard that completely make sense to me and across the board you know he's got it all dude you know chicks love to look at him even if they don't dig his music you know he puts on a good show he's entertaining yeah i mean that kid's super uh he's a genius you know uh we did a show in Raleigh with him it's one of the best best shows we ever had it was really nice and uh hopefully we get to do some more with him everything got canceled for this year you know big shows we had coming up but yeah. Parker's, Parker's the same way, dude. He can, he can take lines and you're like, fuck, you know, <laughs> I wish I could write like that. Uh, you know, I hit on some things with the like, Irish road and stuff. You know, I can go a little deeper and I do find out when I'm, when I'm writing with people out will throw some like the way I think lines in there and they're like, no, come back up above board. You're going too deep on me. And, uh, <laughs> you know because i'll say some some random shit that that makes perfect sense in my head that not everybody gets and i love writers that write like that no boundaries of giving a shit you know um like and then just spurt out like uh, another one that used to uh um uh, you know reckless kelly and them uh always dug their songs uh stoney's another one that can can kind of go there and still keep it Stoney reminds me a lot of like a I think Stoney Larue's like uh Bob Dylan and Merle Haggard's illegitimate son. He's you know what I mean? He's got that smooth vocal tone like yeah. Merle had and and like lines like Bob Dylan had and uh I think that guy's super amazing too. I've never got to do a show with him but I'm hoping to one day
1: just have so, one in Texas cuz yeah. he's here he's here every
0: weekend. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I'm. I we will be down there. 2021 is going to be a year because we're we're going to push down there hard. You know, now that we've got our foot in the door down there, and it's just my kind of thing. And I'm, you know, it's scary because you're going to come down there and start from scratch. You know what I mean? And because uh, you know, you, you don't you don't come to Texas and just you know, it's it's its own thing. You got to you, you know, outsiders are welcome, but you got to you know, you got to pay your dues and, and everything like that and respect the the scene you know, as, as, as it is and not go down there. Just, I want to be famous in Texas. I just want to come to Texas more because I just feel appreciated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, I I could give a shit about being on Texas music television. I mean, that would be very cool, but I just, I just want those shows and I want the fans that want to hear good music and and appreciate what we do. And it's it's hard to come by unless you're, you know, selling them cover songs and, and, Mm -hmm you know, like I said, not bashing anything anybody in Nashville's put out. know, I've, I've literally had to play Florida Georgia line songs back when, before, you know, when that first album came out and it was some clever shit and we had to get in bars and pay the bills and, you know, cause there's just, it's just not the scene in North Carolina, the big clubs where five, six, seven hundred six, 700 people fit in. You've got to entertain that crowd. And until you sell them on yourself, then you got to just do what you got to do.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, luckily we're getting, you know, we're past that. Um, and the covers we do are more <clears throat> paying ode to what I have listened to Shenandoah might do a Zane Williams song or, you know, or, uh, Cody Johnson song, or we might do, uh, Alabama or some Garth Brooks, you know, <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm hopefully the speaking of Garth, I want to record that summer live one time. Cause we do the shit out of that song and that's one of my favorite damn songs from him. but. They don't make them like they used to, do, boys. The damn thing, yeah. they want, uh, they want, uh, I don't know what they want in Nashville. I, I, honest to God, don't understand how you can call that shit country music. Not that it's bad, you know what I mean? It's clever shit in its own right, but it sounds exactly like boy band pop shit, and I just don't mm-hmm. understand how anybody can sit there and put on skinny jeans with a straight face and say, um, yeah, I, I I don't get that town, man. I don't, it's, it's, it's some of the best people in the world down there. You know what I mean? And like I said, everybody's just to the credit. It's just, you know, when you're young and impressionable, you you try to go with the flow when you move that town and you're in your twenties and, and, you know, that's all that's it's its own world that's the world you know it's is that town and if everybody you see everybody doing this to get signed you pretend to be that way you you know as soon as cow hats and you'll see wearing guys switching over to wranglers and wearing cowboy hats again it's just the kind of people that are and you've got a hundred of those and every once in a while you'll get a church to come through or you'll get a sergil simpson to come through or something like that and uh which he's gone off the deep end too what y'all think of his last album not the grass. But <laughs> the
1: one uh, it's a woman for that. It, it's. I mean, it's different. Yeah. It, it's it's
0: a lot different than what I'm what I'm used to hearing. I mean, I get it from an artist standpoint, of what he was trying to do, but man, but that DMT's got him on, on yeah. Something, yeah. some it, other level because, I mean, I didn't even understand that shit stoned off my ass. I was like. <laughs> I just like yeah. the cover art on it. Yeah. I mean,. But uh, the, the the the, What's it called? Cutting grass or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that was pretty killer. You know. Uh. But I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not knocking him. A lot of guys hated on him because he didn't stick to that traditional. He's an artist. He wants to do what he wants to do, and uh, that's fine. I I just I couldn't dive into it as deep as I did his other stuff. You know.
2: Yeah. I mean. So speaking of playing shows, and how did you meet everyone in your band?
0: Um, they're all. North Carolina, and once you start making better money, you'll have the best musicians want to play with you, and uh, <laughs> just the, it is the way it is, you know. You know, people people want to play music for a living, and I hustle my ass off and uh keeping us on the road. Had a van, had a trailer, had my own PA, my own lights, had everything, and and uh, ended up making them good friends, like brothers on the road. Caleb Caleb King, my bass players. Uh, he wrote. He's co-wrote one with me, and he just got ten percent on a song I just wrote because he came up with the title. Uh, Brandon Ross is a lead guitarist. He's a he's a hell of a fucking singer too. I mean, he's a better singer than you know ninety percent of people out there. Um, and just just a freak on guitar, especially. Um, he played but damn near everything. But you know he's He's a honky-tonk kid, man. He can chick-a-pick and do all the best. I mean, he's just he's, he's just one of them gifted some bitches on guitar. Uh, Sarah, our fiddle player, has been with us for oh, three years now. She's out of Raleigh. and Finding a fiddle player is like a needle in a haystack to just not many of them. And if there's any good ones, they're already taken, you know, or they just – so. and she's a female, adding a little high harmonies and stuff to it. She's been with us forever, and she kind of keeps us all in check too because and then uh ray uh, wagner is my drummer and he, he's the newest member he's my second ray he's my second ray on drums <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we so i call him new ray but uh he's been with us for a couple years now and uh so it's pretty solid i mean we hold our own with any band i don't use backing tracks or any shit like that you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: it is what it is uh, you know seeing charlie daniels live every song every show is going to sound different you know mm-hmm. just jam out and it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be live. Nowadays, more bands come out just much backing tracks. and You know, it used to be, well, we had a little keyboard player, but I want to play a keyboard to play on two songs, so we put some backing tracks in there. Or, oh, we might put a panjo roll to it, just the backing tracks. Now it's just push play on CD and pretend you're playing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and again, I'm not, you know, pouring secrets out there, but a lot of people, musicians and shit know that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a light show can with the lights and it's a big auto tuned. And it's just guys that, you know, it's more about a can show, boom, 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 cookie cutter, you know, bunch of bass dancing to songs about jacked up trucks and shit. And, um, it is what it is, but I would never do it. I would never play music and, make people pay to come see a show that's you know you push play on you know yeah okay. and uh i don't know if y'all know i mean i don't know what kind of concerts y'all go to but it happens a lot You
1: know. Uh, if they're doing of, them
0: at the ones i go to i don't
1: i just uh we just went to riley green on saturday and like he walked off stage for like five minutes and just he's like you guys you guys should play so i i don't think he pressed um, play playing a cd on that he was doing some no i mean like thing.
0: like no like i said there's There's, when I say that, it's the heavy, heavy on the pop side artists to do it. You know what I mean? Um, There are some backing tracks, you know. I mean, Keith Urban uses backing tracks, and he's amazing. But he, he, um, like I said, he used them as far as, like, backing. A lot of shit he was doing, from my understanding, he'd play himself, record it, and have it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that was when he was in a band called The Ranch, and they were, like, three-piece or whatever but like they're called backing tracks you know what i mean yeah but i've literally watched bass players throw their hands up in the air while their bass is still playing <laughs> you know what i mean so like and it's just a big run of joke you know i'd rather you know you're supposed to mess up you're supposed to you're supposed yeah. to screw up i to remember
2: hearing kit to... moore was yeah. complaining about kind of that same thing and he had a younger artist opening for him and said like he asked him like, "What happens if your your CD to goes out or it's not going to play?" And they're like, "Oh, we'll just cancel the show."
0: Yeah. Well, like, speaking of the devil, that happened. I done a show with uh, Dylan Scott, and there was an artist that went before us, and I won't say her name, but uh, I was talking to a drummer. Drummer, he was a nice guy. We we're talking, and he's like, "Y'all use backing tracks?" I was like, "Hell no." He said sometimes we turn the click off you know what i mean <laughs> it's like the click track keep you in time like sometimes you turn that off you know uh, but uh and if uh, you turn it off because we've all got off of it <laughs> you know <laughs> just if, if you feel the crowd you might be energetic or something like that you know it, but you know a lot of times we're on it but yeah i looked at him i was like what we all do because she had like a guitar player and a drummer and that was it it's like you know and they had this big sound and I was like, what well, yeah, do y'all do if that shit goes out? Because the drummers cues everything. And he to mm-hmm. me. He's doing a computer and he's like, I don't know. And it happened that night. He came up to me and he was like, you jinxed me. <laughs> I was like, no, you jinxed your damn self doing that shit. You know, it's like, it, it, yeah, I would never in my life do that. You know, if I broke my hand or something, you know, you just hire another guitar player. You know, for a little yeah. bit, you know, or, or something. You know, to me, it would take more time to sit there and get that shit right. And you know, and if if you if you you know if you wanted to ad lib a part of the show, you couldn't do it. You have to be on. Yeah. You know, I've watched guys dance around. I collect like to playing in a banjo, and their their wireless packs not even on. You know,
2: <laughs>
0: it's just it's just it's like I said, I probably get shit for saying all this stuff, but I mean, it, to me, people should know that you're paying a hundred bucks for a concert ticket and you're hearing CD, you know? Yeah. It's just, to me, it's not fair. It's not, you know what I mean? It's, it's just not fair. To, it's not fair to consumer, it's, but you know, a lot of people don't care. It's a trend, you know, they get to put on their Daisy Dukes and their little cowboy and drink their white claw and go dance to some <laughs> boy band, boy band shit and call it country music. And, uh, like I said, to each of own, I'm not knocking, especially not the songwriting part, because the songwriting is great on a lot of the stuff. It's just the production is what makes it not a country song. You know what I
2: mean?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that, you know, Body Like a Backroad song by Sam Hunt. That's a genius song as far yeah. as writing. You know what I mean? It really is. I mean, it's catchy. I don't give a shit if you like him or not. If that song comes on, you, you know the words to it, regardless if you like it or not.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
0: a genius songwriter. You know what I mean? I just don't think it's country music. It's just my opinion. And for some reason in Nashville, it's, you're not supposed to say that stuff, but fuck them. I don't care because it's just my opinion. I'm allowed to one too. So, Yeah.
1: And uh, you're not, you're not making anybody mad on this podcast. If there's anybody no, that, no. Still, that still holds <laughs> that opinion, we've turned them off a year yeah. ago when we were, you know, yeah. kind of spitting all the
0: same stuff out. Well, I mean, it's, it's just not fair. To, I understand from a money standpoint, you know, and America is not a country like it used to be. It's suburbanized like hell. You know what I mean? It really is. You got guys that jacked their truck up. They ain't never seen no mud, parks them in a cul-de-sac. It's, it's, there's Living a Living in Fort Worth, yeah. <laughs> there's
1: well, so much of that.
0: It's, it's everywhere, man. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a style, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a way to show how much money you got. Now it's side-by-sides, bigger side-by-side, more lights on the shit. I still got, you know, grizzly four-wheeler out here that every time I go riding with people, I got to pull them out. With that thing, because <laughs> things are just shit, worthless, and uh, you know, it's like that way in every every aspect. You got people showing off money, like hunting. People buy Sitka gear. It's like seven hundred dollars for a jacket. Yeah, it's nice shit, but you ain't killing no more deer in it than you can at shit at Walmart. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. So
0: it's just, it's you know, it is the way it is. But it's 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 a style, man. It's a it's a people like to take pictures of of themselves. Holding AR 15s and look at me, America, you know, knowing they probably ain't never put but a couple of clips to it, you know what I mean? Just it's a, it's, a, it's a social media look at me, look at my life on social media when you know you're not that fucking interesting in real life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that's the kind of I call it suburban country, it's just call a site country. I need to write a song about that. Call the Sad Country. country.
1: Yeah. I like yeah.
0: that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right, Write that one down. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, got I,
0: already got I already got it in my mind. But, uh, you know, it's like guys buy sick of gear and then hunt over corn piles. You know, it's just those kind of guys. It's all about show and no go. Um, but, I mean, I appreciate y'all putting this on and let people know that there is actually some other shit out there to listen to besides, you know, what the FM station tells them to no, uh, but uh, is it? Is there any shows come to Ohio like Red Dirt and stuff? do they bring them up there? Any? Um, we had Cody Johnson. Yeah. Um We
1: drove four hours to Lexington to go
0: see Cody Johnson. Yeah, That's the closest he'd once. ever been to Ohio before. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. You know, what? <laughs> you know, I know it's you know most shows I play are within an hour or so of the border, but like Ohio's been good to me, man. I remember I played a, a place called. Uh, the hell's that place called stock room hmm. and uh went in there and it's packed it was just me on acoustic man and hmm. like i was doing some like hank jr covers and some like old 90s covers and to start shit because you know i didn't know the crowd would know me i'm still not in my head to know that and then everybody's like started playing my stuff and everybody started singing along and i was like wow it's shocking i don't know anybody here you know what i mean like
2: yeah
0: not my home base area that you know of greenville hmm. north carolina or around Charleston, West Virginia or up and down the coast where we just worked our ass off and, and made a name for ourselves. But so that's cool to get over there and see it spreading. And then they've been really appreciative over there of of you know, my music stuff like that. So that's that's pretty cool. I mean you're still in the Appalachian Hills and you know Kentucky's the same way. Yeah. But,
2: Ohio's pretty good for country. There's a lot of yeah. artists coming out of Ohio and yeah. I mean we've got the bluestone in Columbus that brings you got you got Point you got
0: you got one you got Ohio's proudest there what's his name shit what's his name carter winter oh mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah
1: Cart. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> car- yep, I, I know carter winter i don't i don't know what happened with his uh last he put a song out with some weird album art and i didn't
0: know what happened there but yeah that guy's got a cool ass voice yeah mm-hmm. yeah he yeah. sure does and uh man he, he's one of them, he's one of him he likes his skinny jeans that's for sure <laughs> but he's got like he's got like a country like when I heard his song, I was like, Wow, this guy's kinda got like you know, Conway Twitty Deeper kind of mm-hmm. cool thing. Then I seen him, I was like, Wow, you don't look anything like I thought
1: you would look. No, no, not <laughs> at all. No. Yeah, not yeah, at I mean, all. He's
0: got, he's got that Sam Hunt kind of skinny jeans and long yeah. I don't know what's up with them shirts that hang down to your knee, T shirts.
2: <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean that's the, you know, I'm probably too much of a lineman looking guy to, to pull that shit off but uh yeah he's a handsome dude for sure man he looks like a i mean he's tatted up all the hell he was it was just i mean like i said he he was good man a guy can sing his ass off and uh from songs i've heard uh pretty good songwriter i don't know if you've written them or not we did a show with him and luke combs and uh i didn't get to talk to him much but uh but uh i was like man that's guy's definitely does not look what he sounds like he's got a pretty good voice man yeah yeah he's from i know he's from like columbus or somewhere out there
2: yeah i'm not for sure but yeah yeah. Ohio.
0: yeah he was a high he's making i mean dude he's been on some big tours like Mm -hmm. you know like i said he's i I talked to him a little bit nice guy just like i said it was stunning like not knowing like his look compared to what he sounded like it was you know it was, it was it was weird. Yeah, yeah. But, no, um, there's some clubs in Cincinnati. Like I said, we've I had some stuff booked like around Cincinnati and like we were in Chicago, Illinois doing you know a lot of those like Midwest states or Is it? Do you think out west do they call it the mid east? No, well, I, I, I still call it the,
1: I still call it the Midwest. You ask somebody yeah. from like south dakota or something they're like oh ohio's not there i don't know what you're talking about but uh yeah uh, we i don't know no one wants us the northeast Mm -hmm. doesn't want us the (laughs) west doesn't want us we're we're ohio we're we're the heart of the country and that's all we call it that's that's what we know
0: (laughs) just just because you can't be good all the time man Um, i you know i'm obviously a wu fan um and we can't never can't never lock horns like we're supposed to seems like every year we're good y'all ain't good and then every year which is very seldom that ohio state's not a good football team but <laughs> there was a couple of years running there i thought we were going to meet up in the big game and either one of us screwed it up somehow they
1: still got the uh, coolest tradition i think in college football, sing country roads at the end of all their games.
0: Dude, that, I love that, that. song. That, you know, the cool thing about that song I went to Cancun a few years back with my cousin's bachelor party. It was me, my cousin, his buddies, <clears throat> my cousin Trevor, he's from Ohio too. and We're down in the pool and there's a bunch of dudes from like Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we were just arguing about LSU and West Virginia. And at that point, like we were playing LSU a couple of times and, uh, they started singing like Baton Rouge, and like and I was like, "Y'all might beat us in football, but you ain't got." I said, "You ain't got the coolest song." And they started singing Baton Rouge, and I was like, "Bullshit!" No, we just started in a Country Roads. And like the whole everybody in the fucking pool. I mean, there's foreigners from all over start singing Country Roads. Even like to watch this little Mexican dude walking with like a tray of drinks singing Country Roads, take me home, they're like a Spanish dude. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, you got us on that one." I was like, "That song known, brother. You can't, you can't fuck with that. You can't fuck with John Denver."
1: <laughs> Which is funny because I think when that first came out, I think I've seen stories about how people in, in country music at the time were like rejecting it because he's like, we don't want this John Denver guy. Like we yeah, don't want he, part of this. That he, was, he, he, was
0: a, he was a folky pop. It, like I said, you know, as much as I poke about Nashville, it, it, it's been going back and forth from that world. It's it's a record label. They They want to make money. And so they see – another genre doing it they're going to blend that purposely manufacturedly with whatever's hitting big you know what i mean if lizzo's hitting big guess what they're going to go find a country girl that's big boned and put her out Mm -hmm. there if 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 you know you know people that You know, or having boy bands come sing country music with them. They're like, "Oh, this boy band did a country album." No, they didn't. They just did the same shit they've been doing. Country music just calls it that now. You know what I mean? It's it's about making money, and but there are still people in Nashville that care about artistry. You know, and it's just it's always been back and forth like that. I mean, at one point, Waylon and them were considered outlaws because they didn't play what Nashville was doing. You know what I mean? So it's always a back and forth, but I will get into you that everybody who's anybody, whether it be Texas or folk like Tyler Childers, they all record and write in Nashville. It's music city for a reason. You know, anybody says they don't, you know, Parker, Randy Rogers, all them boys are still in Nashville, still writing, still with labels from Nashville. It's just where it's at. They're just, you know, brand is they, their money's through streaming and their money's through their live shows and, their fanbase and why they don't put them on the radio is beyond my I can't, capacity of thinking. I, I don't understand why they would. You should like, listen to 99.3, um,
1: nine three. I think it is Coke FM. It's out of Austin, and they only play Parker, Randy Rogers, Co, Cody Johnson, yeah. Randall King. They and then of course all the you know George Strait. They play all the all the throwbacks and stuff. Like it was to the point where I would frequently hear songs. I'm like. I have never heard
0: the song before. Dude, I was – somebody messaged me the other day. This guy out of Texas. Um, shit, I can't remember his name. He's been really cool, and he's with Red Dirt Hat Company. And uh, anyway, he's like, dude, on Randall King's bus, we're jamming out, Mama did I was like, well, that's fucking awesome. You You're know? kidding, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's great. You know, keep it up, you know.
1: Uh, talking about a uh, man crushes hunter that's uh so, that's yeah. that's his that, dude, that dude's good but yeah. dude you
0: know it's undeniably like the 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 sound and the and the you know and there's probably there's probably guys down there that i ain't heard of that yet that still got tour buses you know what i mean and, and mm-hmm. uh this is a different world man it's uh you know I mean, you look out west the same way. Chris LeDoux was huge out west in the rodeo circuit and all that stuff playing. You know, Garth Brooks even said I stole the show. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a guy named Clay Walker. He's had Nashville success. He was a big name. Yeah, back in the day. he mm-hmm. still sells out. He sells out arenas down and down that area. Yeah, he, but, yeah you know I mean? He's huge. That's what I'm saying. Back here, they don't even hardly play shit on the radio. So it's just, it's just a different, different thing. Um, I just wish they would you know it's beyond me why they don't like you know randy rogers at parker put parker on the radio the songs they put on the radios you know definitely are good like pretty hard and stuff like that but like you know i would have put high above the water i'd have put mm-hmm. you know silhouette yeah. or all day or, or you know mm-hmm. or uh shit like that i mean the guys like nine million streams on one song you you think you shit let's get more streams. let's put on the radio why i just because i think where it costs money to get on the radio you know what i mean yeah why why do it if you're already making money why spend the money if you're already making money i think that's the only reason why i, I that's the aspect of it i just do not understand whatsoever you know it's you know the radio aspect of it and you know i know you can make money being played on the radio but, and that's about the only thing a record label can do because record labels aren't putting any money behind anybody unless you've already TikTok famous or you're a cody johnson who's selling out astrodome without a label you know um there's just no money in cd sales there's no money in anything the only thing re- radio can get you a record label can get you is on the radio pretty much so you know i always tell people if if I had a song go 9 million streams, or I went number one across all genres over TikTok, or I went viral like that. I wouldn't sign a fucking record label. Why would I have to? I just yeah. keep putting out fucking music. You know what I mean? I would, I mean, <clears throat> I guess eventually it t- comes down to you could probably get blackballed. They probably got clout and, and booking and all that stuff too. So I guess at some point you might have to, but. I know if I was a Kane Brown when he first came out and went number one across iTunes without a record label, I'd have been like, fuck that. I'm already good. <laughs> 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 well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll keep that money myself. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing, man. I don't understand. I don't even pretend to understand how that, that's happens. So how, you know, somebody like, you know the money they had to give Cody Johnson to sign a record
2: label. Yeah,
0: yeah. And <laughs> <It laughs> even mm-hmm. Pat Green because Pat Green did it before him. Pat Green sold out huge ass too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Cody Johnson sold out uh, sixty five thousand, I think, at the Houston Rodeo in two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was fortunate enough to be there. Um, no, no record independent artist. I mean, every everyone down in Texas knows who Cody Johnson, is, especially in Houston. But like. I'm sure if you handed that to somebody up in New York, they'd be like, so sell, sell, sell out. Are you sure? I've never heard of him before. you. I mean, he was doing, he was doing number, he was performing the same, uh, same week as
0: George Strait. Yeah. I mean, he, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's amazing to me how like, that's, that's the thing about where, where the, the lines are so blurred, like, Obviously they had to sign him because, you know, why wouldn't they? What I'm shocked is is that they're not finding the next Cody Johnson. They're not manufacturing it. It's like there's the vibe down there is like even when I go, it's like, Yeah, we just don't know what to do with you. You know what I mean? It's like, here's an idea. Let's make a fucking record and put it on the radio. We'll see how it goes. You know what I mean? But it ain't my money to lose, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I get why people are iffy. But uh, <clears throat> you think that if you had that success and you've got guys that are, that are good artists and obviously they're, they're doing good in, in they're parts of the world. And, and cause I know people that go down to Nashville and get deals offered to them. They can't even sell a club out in their own hometown. You know what I mean? And you're looking around like, what the fuck happened? You know what I mean? Like, not hating but it's like what did i do wrong what you know it's like but you also see them flare out and and go away quick as they come and that's the scary part i'd rather you know tell me where uh redneck woman is right now what's her name gretchen Uh, wilson yeah yeah where's she at
1: i've never heard another song i don't think yeah I'll be honest.
0: You see what I'm saying? How's yeah. it eat people? How's it eat people up like that? Yeah, if it's that yeah. big and that, that that that's that's that's, for me that'd be one big fear of mine. Be like, I would hit and then, then you're nothing. I'd just rather stay nothing. Than, <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I mean, Grant, I'd rather have the money, but like you know, like, I mean, I'm sure she's doing fairs and state fairs and shit like that. But at one point, she was selling stadiums within the first album. You know. So who knows, man, I just know I'd rather have sustainability like a Randy Rogers, like, you know, even reckless is on the downside of their, you know, with the newcomers in Texas music, but they're still some of the Godfathers of it, you know, and still respected, And man. I just, we did a show with them and it was on a Tuesday night and I was like, fuck, I'm opening up for reckless Kelly. This is a badass. know, yeah. I was more excited about that. And I opened up for, fucking you know I'm not bashing kane brown kane brown's a sweetheart of a guy the guy's nice as shit uh, but you know i was more excited about you know Rick skelly and i was doing a show with Kane mm-hmm. as far as just because you know it's who i looked up to whatever i remember when i saw how i found those guys out was was through cmt had a thing called on the at verge of country and their video popped up and I was like what the fuck is this it's nobody's girl and I just dove into it and then a buddy of mine drove, tech down through, drove truck down through Texas and brought me back a Robert Earl King CD Live Diner number two still one of my favorite albums recorded at uh, Floors was it Floors or Stubbs Floors John T. Floors yeah and I'm like how in the hell are people singing this guy's songs back to him and I've never heard of him what, you know and I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> you know, I would <laughs> rather have that happen than than a record, you know, a record deal, or whatever. Oh, hey, sorry, boys. I've been in tree stances for. No, oh, you're, <laughs> you're <kidding. laughs> long day. No, I, yeah. I I
1: get what you're saying though, because when I first moved here, and and even now, I go to some of these concerts um, with all Texas people, and a song will come on, and the entire bar will be singing, it, and I was, and I'm like. Should I know the words to this? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I feel like I, I, I don't even deserve to be talking about it into a microphone. The all these, you know, all these people are are singing. Dude, I have no idea what it is.
0: Like right before, you know, past past year or so, like we've been having that for us, you know, and it gets to a point where you're like, finally, you know, what I mean, instead of instead of your scattered people singing it to the crowd, it's the entire crowd singing back. The entire album. we ended a show in Greenville, North Carolina, at it's a college bar downtown college bar which you know north carolina is not texas it's not they're not you know prone to lean on uh regional acts and guys that come from there but man it just caught fire like we ended this the night with them chanting iris road which is the slowest most depressing song i've ever written and uh, i love that song i mean it's very meaningful to me but like and I look at my baseball. I was like, "This is fucking wild. This is like wild as shit. Like it's finally happening for us." And then, boom, COVID. It's like you dick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, but yeah, it's, it's a bunch of you know, twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old college chicks and dudes, and they're screaming "Irish Road," "Irish Road." And, you know, this song's about Iraq. You know, it's about bombs on the side of the road. You know, and it's it's just something's happening, man. You can you can feel it. There's this change of people like wanting wanting true music again you know with your jason Isbells and your and your tyler childers and your you know stuff like that man it really opened a door for guys like us that has been working our ass off trying to get people to listen to us and, and the texas shit going outside of texas is just like you know i remember doing shows and guys coming to me it's like man you remind me of randy rogers you remind me of randy rogers and i was like who you know and I dug in this guy, Randy Rogers. I was like, "This guy's cool," you know. And then, you know, i I like Ragweed, but I never was like solid fan of him. Um, I always like Randy better and Reckless better. Um, but you know, Ragweed's another one that that kind of led the way down there, as far as just. And then Coe's kind of picked up on there where they left off. It's kind of it's kind of cool to see him going in that direction with the more hard southern rock-driven or rock-and-roll-driven shit. And Coe's just a – it's a rock, heavy guitar, just lyrics. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather see him than Nickelback yesterday. <laughs> I don't give a shit what anybody says. Nickelback has some great shit. You know what I mean? i'm with you there yeah I, I, don't I, that, I don't give a shit i was like why did everybody start hating on me? it's like <laughs> i don't know it's like i guarantee you a song comes on you'll know that motherfucker you know can't help them bitches yeah. they're clever you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh we've got um i'm gonna go down and record a song called wildflowers pretty soon and uh because it's it's been going a really good And it's it's more of a, I mean i like i said i grew up in west virginia Bluegrass, Appalachian folk music, and stuff. I write that shit. It's just never been what my main thing is, and it's it's kind of that man. I wrote it actually fishing here. I went fishing on my birthday down this creek called Thirteen Mile Creek, just bass fishing. Oh, and uh, wrote that song and put it out there, just acoustic video, and people's blowing it up. Hey man, man what's, when are you gonna record that? When are you gonna record that? I was like soon because I thought it was a pretty pretty dope song too. It's something different, you know. I've been the past two songs have been pretty traditional country and. The EP was pretty much Red Dirt 90s, you know, shit like I like. I mean, I love 90s country. I just think it's good 90s country. I mean, it got saturated with horse shit too, you know what I mean? Whatever's working. But, you know, the Brooks and Dunn, the Shenandoahs, the Joe Diffie's the shit, you know, that stuff was just my kind of, my kind of stuff, you know. And the, remember that band Blackhawk? i seen them live. It one of the best so, fucking shows. One of the best shows ever, man. That song, Postmark <laughs> Birmingham. And that, Hear them all hit them harmonies and shit. And, this uh, show, with Little Texas. Those guys were killer. You know, that 90s shit. And like I said, back then, people played. It was about the talent and harmonies. And like I said, Nashville's full of fucking talent. They're full of, full of great songwriters and great singers and everything like that. It's just, it's not leaned on that, it's leaned on more. Can you make a white girl white claw on her hand put on cowboy boots for no apparent reason, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and Daisy Dukes. You know? So I told somebody, I was like, I ain't, I've lived out in the middle of nowhere in Mason County, West Virginia, and uh, I don't know if that all shit or mine. Uh, I've yet to drive out of back road heard a banjo or heard, seen somebody dancing on a tailgate, the Daisy Dukes, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you might run into a meth head. You, might, you know what I mean? It's like, then jacked up trucks and you are down here, with jack, yeah. jack the trucks up. Yeah, we did too, but they weren't new. You we used to go cut flat bar and drill holes in it to jack your truck up. You know what I mean? And, and it, it would ride so damn rough. <laughs> it's like, you know, that homemade lift kit, body lifts or whatever. And you'd be, they know, hell half, half the guys that lifted a truck spend more on a lift kit than a truck was worth. You know, but uh, it's just a different, different, uh, they portray country different than what I remember it being growing up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's pandering. It's pandering all the hell. Yeah. And like I said, one one thing works so they drive it into the ground. Jacked up. There was a song that came out not long ago that I heard, and it's literally about a guy being pussy whipped. Talking about he's waiting on his girl to get home in a cab or something. Talking about, I don't know. I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This song's about being a total bitch. (laughs) You know, I'll probably probably get in trouble for that one. (laughs) Well
1: yeah. Mc man, it's been a it's been a real pleasure having you Oh thanks man. I hope down. I made
0: I, I hope I made sense, man. I was uh a little wore out and hit my pen a few times before I popped on here, but uh uh I enjoyed it. Thank y'all for having me. yeah a little bit, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, of course, man. I, yeah, I thank love you. word no, well, one, you
0: know, cares, no one cares no one cares what
1: we have to say. They're here they're here to listen to you. So
0: Oh I, I don't have, I don't have much to say, man. Just, uh, <laughs> I've never been I've never been good with words or that's why I write so it looks better on paper than coming out of my dumbass mouth uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I just like I just like smoking a little weed and, and, and picking up a guitar and, and trying to make some good music for people to hear and it's nice when people actually message you and appreciate and get what the hell you're trying to do and uh, and uh, it makes you feel good <laughs> it really does uh, to come in a, come in a place and there's people waiting there to hear your songs and me when the next one's gonna be out. It worked a long time to, to get people to kind of recognize it, so I appreciate it.